recording today's event. And so I just want to say thank you for joining us, everybody. Welcome to today's session. My name is Kaylee Garrido. I head up marketing and our events here at Great Data Mines. Um, I think a lot of people are familiar with what we're up to, but if you're not, welcome to your first session with us. We hope you'll join another. Um, Great Data Mines is a collective of passionate data activists, and we're on a mission to modernize the world of data. We do this in one of two ways. The first is that we have an offering of uh, different data focused services around strategic planning, education, the deployment of critical data projects that happens at Great Data Minds Innovation Labs. Um, and then we also have uh, events and we create content. And we do that all in greatdataminds.com. Um, and that's kind of a part of what you're here to do today. Uh, so a little bit of housekeeping. This is a webinar, so of course your cameras and mics are off. If you want to ask a question at the end when we have sort of more time for um, an actual Q&A, then you can uh, request that in the chat and we can unmute you. You can come on camera if you like to do it that way. If not, then go ahead and write whatever questions you might have in the chat and uh, we, we like to keep things kind of um, going there. So today we are in for a very intriguing discussion um, and we're gonna be talking about artificial intelligence and the future of how computers and humans might be able to work together in a safe and ethical way. Um, and we have the expert joining us today. Allow me to introduce Matthew James Bailey. Matthew is an internationally recognized pioneer and leader in the artificial intelligence centric futures. This is AI, global AI ethics, the internet of things, smart cities, innovation. He's an entrepreneur, a coach, an advisor, a visiting scholar and speaker. Um, he is uh, just kind of affiliated with, with all these different organizations, including the National Institute of Aerospace and NASA. Um, and he is the author of the book, Inventing World 3.0, the evolutionary ethics for artificial intelligence, and he runs the consultancy AIethics.world. It's a lot of things. This is what he's up to, and this is why he's the guy to take us through this today. So before I kick it over, of course, I would be honored to introduce my colleague, Mr. Mike Lampa. He's our very own chief analytics officer here at Great Data Mines. Um, he is a transformation agent working with enterprises to modernize their analytics programs from the ground up. He's got a boatload of experience as an executive analy analytics practitioner, both uh, on the consultancy side of the desk and as an employee in global 100 companies. Um, and I, I think that's about it. We've got we've got our, our work cut out for us today, gentlemen. So Mike, I'd like to turn the floor to you. Well, thank you, Kalia. I love that technical boatload term, yeah? That's it, that's a very technical, it's, yeah, it's quantifiable. quantifiable. It is quantifiable, yes, and, and qualitative. <laughs> Matthew, my friend, thank you for joining us. How are you today? It's good to see you, Mike, and thank you, Kalia, for setting it up. And namaste, everybody. Namaste, yeah. All right, sir. So tell us a little bit about ethics, AIethics.world, if you will. Yeah? That's great. And um, I'm going to share some slides, if that's okay with everybody. Um, yeah, let's do that. Uh, yeah, okay, great. Let me just uh, let me just sort this out and then we can hit play. So that's what we're talking today, Mike. Basically, the ethical implications of ungoverned, ungoverned AI. And we're going to be going on a journey on how we actually can create ethical AI within the age of intelligence. So people can follow us, uh, can check out AIethics.world and they can follow me on Instagram or on Facebook and there's videos uh, on Inventing World 3.0. We've just released a, um, 
a three-part podcast series with Rajiv Malhotra, uh, the famous tech billionaire and, and cultural and spiritual leader. Um, and, uh, and that really goes to the heart of what the hell's going on with artificial intelligence. So people can check that out. Um, so AIethics.world, after writing the book uh, on, the, on how to invent our ethical future with artificial intelligence, it's a book of innovation. It's very different from any other AI and AI ethics book out there. It has inventions, literally a hot, how to shift our entire world into this new phenomenon with machines. So what's important is AI is really exciting, Mike. And so we have these executive programs that people can check out in our academy. Um, either people can take leadership training courses or um, they can take master classes from beginners to proficient to adept. And we'll be announcing shortly that this will be certified by the United States American Institute for Artificial Intelligence. So for me, AI is really exciting. We want as many people involved as possible, Mike. And so therefore we have these training courses. And then the next thing is we've done something that's never been done before in the world. And that is basically how to design the ethical genealogy of artificial intelligence. And that is what we call the ethical AI certification maturity model. And we'll be discovering more about this as we go on. Um, as I've shared with you uh, privately, we have a couple of uh, uh, agencies that operate in space and on Earth that are going to be piloting and using this and scaling this. And also we have, we're, we're very uh, working with a, a, a big computing, a very famous computing and AI company on basically taking this into the future of computing. So, so we're excited about that and we're here to serve and to bring as many people in to this exciting thing called artificial intelligence and to how to design the future of machines and humans within an ethical foundation, Mike. Yeah, it, it is an exciting innovation, uh, artificial intelligence. And, and I'm, I'm really pleased to see that you've got a program targeted for the leaders. Um, why is it important for the leaders to really have a, a good conversant knowledge on AI? Yeah, so, 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 so um, I mean, I can move to this slide here and we can talk a little bit about this. The reason why leadership is so important is that AI is here. It's already part of our daily lives, Mike. It's in our phones, it's in our homes, it's in our cars, it's in our offices, it's in our, all the services we use. Literally, AI is being used everywhere, right? And do you know what the most powerful AI in the world is, Mike? No, I don't. Please tell me, Matthew. Um, BlackRock Capital, who manage huge amounts of assets in the United States of America and around the world. Mm -hmm. And they use AI to manage their assets. So the point is this, Mike, is that AI is here and AI is not going away and it's predicted to generate another $15 billion of GDP. So any leader that wants to be relevant in the future of humans and machines really needs to get to grips with this. And what we do, Mike, is make it easy to understand. You know, AI can be seen as kind of this, this, this kind of a, a, a secret source, you know, basically where you need to be a real tech savvy to understand it. Well, actually you don't. Um, for leadership, there's easy ways of being able to understand how to design human machine futures for their business and also uh, uh, how to actually then uh, incubate and then develop use cases and start to scale internally in the business and also new value for their for their customers um 
So really, leaders have to get to grips with this, and that's why we're here. We don't want anybody to miss out, quite frankly. It is the new table stakes, right? In analytics. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, analytics, AI is the next step after analytics. So for the customers that the great data mind is working with, um, if any data company that is using analytics, the next natural step is into machine learning, artificial intelligence, and the various progeny and genealogy, maybe neural linguistic programming, maybe neural nets, uh, maybe natural language processing. This is here, and the technologies are available, Mike. We, we can get on with this. We can start creating new value. Absolutely, absolutely, sir. Yep. So, tell us a little bit more about how it's going to be changing our world. Yeah, so we, we've already uh, touched on the fact is that a so, so actually, Mike, AI went through a very dark place uh, about twenty years ago because the computing simply wasn't available. So with the significant advancement in computing and also with the emergence of quantum computing, AI has literally skyrocketed and the growth, the investment growth in AI companies is going through the roof. Um, one of the things we need to be mindful of, and I think this is coming, Mike, and it'd be great to talk to the audience about this, is this whole concept of superintelligence and the, the technology singularity. Now, for those who don't know what this is, this is where um, AI basically is able to perform better than a human in every aspect, in the cognition side and also the logical side. At the moment, artificial intelligence is a dumb technology. It can't feel love. It has no compassion. But AI can operate a thousand times faster logically than the human brain. What it doesn't have is a contextual side, which we'll get onto in a little bit. So, I mean, we're heading for these machine futures and we need to, we need to get involved. And one of the things that uh, we're starting to see is brain chips from Intel that are being put into computers, i.e. the model of how our neural networks work in our head is being put into silicon. So what we're starting to see is computers themselves being like our brain, a digital brain operating in various computing systems, which is phenomenal, right? Absolutely incredible. So what we're going to see and what we've already seen is that AI will be deployed throughout civilizations. There's no doubt this is going to happen. There's no indicators that I see that will stop this from happening. The advancement in computing, the advancement in investment, the need for us to solve problems, Mike, like restoration with our environment, developing environmental harmony, getting our balance back with the actual environment and artificial intelligence can be a huge ally to help us to leap into these type of solutions and when we go into space and start to see civilizations on the moon and or in mars then we're going to see ai maybe in robotic form or basically integrated within uh, the actual civilization architecture supporting the civilizations on these different places in space to thrive and nurture them the big challenge we have, Mike, and people would have seen movies like The Cody Bias and other movies as well, is that these algorithms, artificial intelligence itself, is actually being shown to be fundamentally unethical. There is no real governance around it. And there's all sorts of different use cases of real issues, uh, maybe with uh, certain companies where AI is used in recruitment, Mike, and it's going for certain types of gender profiles and being biased against others. 
um, where we, you know, we see the Microsoft chatbot, you know, they did that experiment on Twitter a few years ago where the chatbot became racist. So we have some real issues around the ethical quality of artificial intelligence. And what we don't have are structures on how to build an ethical mindset for artificial intelligence. At the moment, Mike, it's all chaotic. People need to take note on this. Um, the yeah. Ethics in AI is absolutely foundationally critical, right? We have to embrace this. Absolutely, it's it's really important. So if we if we look at the global landscape, Mike, if, if people are, are interested in this, uh, I've written blogs on this and and um, sat down with uh, representatives of G7 countries and also United States of America. <clears throat> advising the smart, uh, my views on the future of artificial intelligence for their civilizations. And what we're seeing, Mike, is basically multi-civilization splits between artificial intelligence and humans. What do I mean by that? Well, we'll get onto this in a few slides time, but basically we need AI to honor the cultures and the values of civilizations. In the, in the European Union, they've got initiatives what they call trustworthy AI, where they're trying to make sure that AI is in line with the cultures and values of the European Union, right? In America, it's basically still Wild West. There is no real governance, although the Department of Defense and other federal agencies are actually leading in AI ethics, believe it or not, an ethical AI. Um, but the, the United States is having, heading towards, because they're not really putting ethics into artificial intelligence, they're heading to a different experience between humans and machines that doesn't align with the constitution. In the European Union, they're basically making sure that machines align with cultures and values. We've got a multi-civilization split. And when we look at China, well, China have a national AI ethics strategy, Mike, but the United States doesn't. China turns off social media at 10 p.m. at night for children and doesn't turn it on until the morning. Until the morning. We don't have that United States. So, so all these different civilizations are approaching AI futures differently. And we're gonna, if you go to the US in five years time, your experience with AI will be very different to the European Union, even though they're meant to be democratic, it's, it's gonna be different. Um, and so what we're seeing in the European Union is basically uh, they're holding big tech to account. So they've just announced in Politico that the European Union want to assess all these algorithms in social media. They want it to the heart of what the hell's going on and how ethical are you? Right, because the data points of the experience in society are not that healthy. We're starting to see people being put into narratives and different realities that is affecting their mental health. Um, and also, Mike, we've seen some funny side effects. So there was a self-driving car, a video that came out recently where the police pulled over a car, didn't know it was self-driving, and the car drove off. <laughs> <laughs> which, which is hilarious. Um, so, um, so, so we're starting to see some funny things. And also, uh, I recommend that people check out what Rajiv Malhotra is doing because he's just written a book um, about artificial intelligence and document the five battlegrounds that we're going to have to ensure we maintain our sovereignty, Mike, to ensure that we actually flourish and move away from some quite shocking side effects that are happening in society. So yeah. this is where Stephen Hawking comes in, really. Uh -huh. And I'll stop after this one. Uh, I had the pleasure of spending time with uh, Stephen Hawking uh, before he passed, Mike. And 
you know, Stephen basically said, hey, listen, this could be really groovy, right? Artificial intelligence could be the biggest thing that's ever had to humanity, right? The new intelligence, right? This is really exciting. But actually, we need to be really, really careful because if we don't get it right and get ethics into this, then effectively, we could be deleted as a human thesis, which is not too good. <laughs> so he talks about us pausing, Mike, saying, look, let's step back. Let's get ethics into artificial intelligence. Let's make sure it's going to do well for the humans. And then let's start moving forward, innovating. <clears throat> we have to be careful. I mean, there's an incredible amount of value to be unleashed and unlocked through artificial intelligence. But we do have to be careful um, in order to make it better. It has to benefit society and humanity. And yeah, and there's no reason why it can't. Um, there's absolutely no reason why it can't. But the problem is, and, you know, Bookminster Fuller taught us this, is that we need to rewrite the systems that we have at the moment. They're very industrial-centric, and they're profit-valued. Now, that's okay, but I think we need a new set of values going into the future for the, future, for the next generations, which are around people first, nourish people, uh, a profit, which is good, but also planet as well. I think artificial intelligence, well, it's not panacea, Mike, can be a great ally to help us to leap beyond some of the challenges we face today, both locally, nationally, and also globally, Mike. Exactly. So, so how do we do that? I mean, how important is ethics in AI, really? Yes. So um, just to be clear with people, AI is going to become a new digital citizen within human civilization. It is the new digital worker. And that's a good way of putting it for businesses, AI, the new digital work, uh, worker. So we've talked about ethics. And really what we have to do, Mike, is to uh, create a foundation to an ethical foundation that aligns human values and machine values. And basically ethically align machine intelligence, human intelligence into a common foundation so that both intelligences can move forward together. And that has huge benefits for our world and also for the individual. That's really important. And the other thing to be mindful of is, you know, great data minds is, is a data business, right? Is that the purpose of data and artificial intelligence are profoundly intertwined. Without data, there can be no AI, right? So data is the oxygen that gives artificial intelligence an understanding of its context and purpose in the, as it executes on the intelligence. And what I would say to people is this, if your data is fundamentally unethical, then the intelligence you're building is fundamentally unethical. So data ethics or AI data ethics has to play an important part if we to truly develop an ethical centric digital mindset for artificial intelligence so where we start mike is to look at how has human intelligence evolved and we've we've got about 195 civilizations or nations today um, with 3,800 cultures. We used to have 7,200 cultures about 50 years ago, but basically cultures being deleted. Um, and so what we're starting to see is a shrink of culture, and that's not good for our diversity. So what we have to do is to look at how has human intelligence expressed itself in civilization. And so culture, from our consciousness, culture's being developed. It's, it's the manner in which we think, we behave, and act. 
and through a common agreement of groups of people with common cultural values, civilization is emerged, Mike. And, and, and that is really important to understand that. And through culture, ethics have emerged, right? Culture defines ethics. Ethics in improve and enhance culture, right? So we've seen Confucius and his teaching as basically his ethics and philosophies have assisted ancient China to become what they are today, right? And that's all about the family unit flourishing. Aristotle and out of ancient Greece, we've seen democracy as we understand it emerging through Western civilization. And Aristotle talks about ethical virtues such as uh, trustworthiness, friendliness, magnanimity of soul, uh, ambition, justice, things like that. These are all, all ethics have been written into the constitutions that have formed these civilizations. And of course, in India and throughout uh, East Asia, we've had the Vedas. 5,000 years, you know, 5,000 years ago, some folks wrote down some great wisdom. Now, out of this wisdom, there's been Nobel laureates, right, who have made breakthroughs in quantum physics through looking at the Vedas. So these ancient texts do have values today, Mike. And so one of the great uh, philosophies in the Vedas is we are all one family. And that's about inclusion and diversity. We must consider these values. So what I propose is that, and, and there are organizations using this, and this is the start of a methodology for organizations and nations to develop their human machine futures, is to develop a constitution, Mike, that is cultural centric for human machine futures. So a, a nation designs a human machine constitution for their civilization, an organization can do the same as well. What is the human machine kind of futures, the, 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 the constitution for their organization, right? This is really important. And so this is really about creating an AI constitution that honors the understanding of how intelligence has created culture from which ethics has emerged. And from there, we can start to create AI ethics, Mike. Um, and so really it's about embodiment of culture into AI, which creates ethical AI. We have cultural principles, as we'll discover, that emerge out of this, Mike, this constitution. So for example, a nation might write in their human machine uh, 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 constitution, things like planet culture or environmental principles, i.e. we must nourish and protect our environment, right? Things like that. And therefore that then drives ethics and then drives the purpose of artificial intelligence itself on how it's expressed within society whether it's in cities or in hospitals, smart buildings, or, or, or transportation. And then we also can, can look at things like, well, what kinds of humanity does artificial intelligence need to honor, right? What's the best of our humanity we wanna take forward into the future in the age of machines? So things like courage and magnificent moderation, wittiness for goodness sake, we need more joy in life, right? Um, looking at the best of our humanity and understanding how AI needs to understand that, to honor that, to flourish, I think it's important. And maybe we can delete not so good human values such as greed and things like that, right? And then what we're gonna see, Mike, is eventually a new set of mathematics where ethics can be encoded into the different aspects of machine learning. Uh, and therefore what we're doing is actually uh, creating a an ethical foundation for the DNA of artificial intelligence on which all its progeny now is evolved. And that means that as we get to superintelligence, it's got the ethics written within its DNA. And therefore, we've got a good chance of surviving. You know, Matthew, the, the, I mean, 
my heart is 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 swelling here because I love the opportunity to level up the proper values that 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 honor and uh, further goodness for humanity. Feels like a grass is this a grassroots effort here? I mean, how do we get this critical mass happening? Well, so I think it has to be a mixture of grassroots. Uh, innovation and empowerment. And my book explains how uh, uh, families can create their own ethical constitution for artificial intelligence and have fun, right? Um, I explain how communities and cities can create their own ethical AI constitution and actually, if you like, digitally succeed from a nation they may not agree with or too slow in their innovation so they can start to shape their own human machine futures. So it's definitely a grassroots level. It's about empowerment. It's about education. It's about training, and it's about uh, uh, offering inventions in order for them to get on with it. Obviously, we need to lobby some of the big, uh, uh, some of the big tech, and also uh, influence policy. But if you know we're in a democracy, Mike, and voting counts. So my view is empowering uh, communities and organizations to be able to go to politicians to go to leaders and say look this is our constitution for ai this is what we want in our jurisdiction or our jurisdictions or in our state you know you need to start developing this right um and also the other thing mike as a final point is that creating a grassroots movement where they're creating these new systems that are people planet and profit based with ethical ai creates new momentum in the markets it literally starts to move humanity into a different world phenomenon where the profit value-based businesses are seen that they need to change and they lose market share they start to lose economic value because we're moving in a different direction as a human species i love it um so it's incumbent on all of us right yeah absolutely step up okay interesting so I can talk about how we do this. <laughs> yeah, I would like to understand a little bit about this. Yeah, yeah so, so this is a world-first methodology. We've only, this is the first time we're publicly disclosing this. Um, and uh, there's, there's, there's the, the first, let's just say, space agency are going to be using this, right, for ethical AI civilizations on Earth and planet. So we spoke about the two left-hand boxes, right, which is the, the democratic principles and the constitution, uh, and we also spoke about uh, the, the human machine constitution. On the two right-hand sides, what we can start to discover now, Mike, is how do we build the ethical AI digital brain? And we're going to share some, some first slides publicly around how to build this. Um, and the ethical AI certification maturity model, which we'll discover together, enables us to do something we've never done before, which is actually define the ethical genealogy for artificial intelligence and actually start to assess it and measure it, right? So we've got our, our human machine constitution, out of that comes our ethics, and then we start to incorporate with artificial intelligence. Um, so, so that's where we, we, we really start in this new methodology of developing the ethical machine. Yeah, that, uh, that, AI, that AI digital brain is intriguing me. I want to hear more about that. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. So, so let's look at the uh, how human um, intelligence operates, and this is an, an analogy: the left brain and the right side, right hand side. Most people know about this, and it's an analogy, right? This is an analogy because people need analogies and concepts. 
So on the left-hand side, we could, be, we could see that actually it's very mathematical. It's very logical, right? We have on the left-hand side analysis and logic, facts and maths and training, right? This is the logical machine. But on the right-hand side, the creativity aspects of, us, uh, of ourselves are the contextual machine. This, this adds different layers to the logical machine. So our creativity, intuition, our feelings, our imagination, our creation itself, the force of creation flowing through us is on the right-hand side. And so the two operate together, the right-hand side, which is the contextual machine, and the left-hand side, which is the logical machine. The two operate in harmony to create a holistic human intelligence experience. And we can apply this to artificial intelligence. So on the left-hand side of the brain, Mike, we can see that it's math models, data sets, training, right, inference. That is AI today, right? Where we're moving with the ethical AI digital brain is actually adding AI ethics into it, adding our ethics, our values, and our beliefs into it to create a holistic brain. And this is important. This is taking the logical brain into a wholesome step as a contextual ethical brain. And so we can look at, uh, uh, we're giving context to the, the ethical brain through AI ethics, such as what are the organic and digital worlds? How does it understand those? How does it understand our humanity and operates holistically to honor our humanity? What's its purpose and application within society? Things like that. So AI ethics is the depth that will, to the logical brain that will help us to have a holistic ethical brain. And these are some of the factors, Mike. This is just a few factors, right? As we consider developing the ethical brain, we need to look at things like the quality of the digital factors, which is the quality of AI technologies or the quality of the model, which I know you're passionate about, the quality of the data sets and the quality of the training, how much explainability is in there, how much cybersecurity is in there to protect artificial intelligence? What's the quality of the uh, ecosystem we're developing artificial intelligence in? What's the quality of the uh, uh, kind of ecosystem where it's live in the public domain? These are important factors for us to look at as we start to examine development of the ethical AI brain. And then on the right-hand side, there's all sorts of human factors or indirect factors that come into play. Um, such as the quality of the culture, the quality of the AI governance, the quality of the AI ethics that are being used. Um, you know, basically, what is the corporate worldview on artificial intelligence, right? Um, and so what we're looking at here is basically digital factors, or what I call digital descriptors, and human factors or human descriptors that act to, st that act to start to create and shape the ethicalness of the AI brain. And as such, we have the ethical AI brain. Well, so how do you go about building this digital ethical brain? Hmm? Yeah, so, so, that's, so, so first of all, I think that people are starting to hopefully understand that we need to build this ethical AI digital brain. And it makes sense for us to build it on how organic intelligence has developed. It will be stupid not to follow the laws of evolution and, and, and to learn from that, right? Mm. It, how intelligence has developed. So this is following very simple understanding of how organic intelligence has operated in order for us to holistically and comprehensively develop this new intelligence. So um, this is where the ethical AI certification maturity model comes in. And this is literally a world first. It allows us to define and create 
a mature ethical AI or the ethical AI brain. And it allows us more, more importantly, to assess the ethical quality of the digital brain and classify it. Now, this is really, really important because transparency in the age of trust is really important. We need to uh, deal with this trust paradigm, Mike, where basically it's well documented that the general public don't trust the government and, and big tech with their data, right? We have a data sovereignty issue. So transparency is really, really important in this age of trust and machines. And so um, this is a brief overview of how it worked. Uh, many people will be familiar with Alan Turing, that great British genius um, that developed the Turing test. And the Turing test was there to ask subjective questions to achieve objective outcomes. What is the human quality of artificial intelligence, right? What I've done is taken it to another level and assess how do we look at and measure the ethical quality of artificial intelligence using all those different factors that we come into play, okay? So what we're doing is, uh, this is a freedom model for organizations and nations to decide what their ethics and values are, what the genealogy of the ethical AI brain is, right? What are the factors that come into it? And then basically start to create the ethical AI brain and start to ask subjective questions to achieve an objective outcome. And we must look at all sorts of different aspects, such as the digital human factors, the cultural factors, governance, environmental policy, and other things. Um, and what this does is through this model, each digital factor or human factor or AI ethic, Mike, can be measured and assessed whether it's at 25% ethical, 50% ethical, 75% ethical, or 100% ethical. And so what that allows us to do is to start to score artificial intelligence or its ethical brain, whether it's primarily bronze, whether it's silver state, which is 50% ethical, whether it's gold, 75% state or whatever. And one of the things that I think is really, really important is this is a model for innovation. This is a model for progression. And so one of the things we know, Mike, is that agency of data is coming, i.e. the data that everybody creates is an extension of their sovereignty. And that means your data should be owned by you and controlled by you. And this is coming, right? So what it allows us to do is to measure the amount of agency of data that's being used to train artificial intelligence as part of the ethical brain. This is important. Looking at things like the environmental footprint, we know that ESGs are huge. There is no model out there that measures the ESGs or the environmental footprint throughout the entire AI cycle. What we want is an environmental friendly, Mike, ethical AI digital brain. This is the first model to do this. And so what it allows us to do is to say, well, look, we're about 25% carbon net zero in our AI life cycle, right? We want to get to 50%. And so that allows innovation of our systems, allows transformation into more of an ESG environmental friendly business. Um, and so really, uh, while I can't disclose too much of the invention, these are the simple steps, Mike. Um, we create ethical questions, these are AI ethics, and this is the ethical genealogy. You know, we have a genealogy and the ethical AI brain has a genealogy. What we're doing is defining it and measuring it um, from those different factors that an AI ethics are put together. And from that, we can look at the ethical qualification of artificial intelligence, and then we can actually quantify 
the ethical value of the digital brain. And this allows us to create medals, what I call ethical AI medals. And so on the left-hand side, for, for example, smart cities, when we run one of our test mic, you can see that overall the brain is silver, but actually it's primarily bronze made up of silver and gold. Now, this is important because if we're going to procure artificial intelligence from an external supplier, we might say our ethical brain has to be a gold standard. And so what we're doing is setting the standard for procurement. We're setting the standard for innovation for the ethical AI digital brain. And so these are really powerful uh, visual experiences. Um, so for example, Mike, a nation might say, we want all our ethical AIs, uh, digital brains throughout all our borders to be at silver or gold standard. And so what that means is that we're creating order in the ethical AI digital brain deployed throughout society to the silver or gold standard. And that allows the whole nation to move forward in line with its constitution, the original constitution, and to start to honor its human machine constitution. Does that make sense? It, it does. And, you know, going back to some of your earlier comments, this is a, this is a worldwide global movement, right? Um, mm -hmm. is, are there consortiums that are really taking note of this methodology and starting to embrace it and get behind it? I mean, there's going to be a need for some kind of global kind of consortium around this. Yeah, so, so what we're doing is we're starting to, we've been working hard behind the scenes. Um, uh, I'm, I'm very, my life is about supporting humanity to innovate beneficial futures for generations tomorrow and our planet. I think we have a huge destiny, Mike, and I want us to do well as a human species. So we, uh, I wrote the book in order to start to set the conversation. We're now, we've been working hard behind the scenes, Mike, and we're now gradually starting to go public. We're now starting to carefully go public. So the first uh, organization, which will be a space agency, that's the right tactical approach to start to set the standard on Earth and in space. Um, and so we're gradually starting to go public around this. And we're going to make this available to business and to nations in the very near future where they can start to define their ethical AI futures, Mike, um, for uh, human machine futures. Um, and so really, this is a model for growth. And what we're doing is we're taking the model of the human intelligence framework and mapping it into the ethical AI digital brain, the machine framework. And what we're doing is empowering organizations in new freedoms and nations and civilizations to determine what is the wholesome of the digital brain, the ethical wholesomeness. And, and there's no limited areas here. This is absolutely unlimited. So people have absolute freedom to start to define what their ethical AI brain looks like. Um, and, and so really this is, will be a common foundation for organizations, civilizations to start to not only define the ethical AI brain, to start to assess and classify the quality of the ethical AI digital brain, but actually innovate into what I call platinum-centric futures, Mike, which is 100% ethical. And we won't stop there, Mike. We'll, we'll be growing as a human species, so this is all going to change. That's right, right. Yeah, this is amazing. Um, so organizations can use this model, right? And, and, Absolutely. And, and, and the benefits for nations? and for organizations uh, yes yeah, so touched on it but i want to hear them again yeah 
Yeah, sure. So what we have in every civilization is machine chaos. What do I mean by that? There are no governance. There are no common standards. The machines are being built in all sorts of different ways. There is no ethical AI digital brain exists today, right? So what we're trying to do, Mike, is to bring order to machine chaos. We're trying to bring order to the ethical brain. And that's what this ethical AI model allows us to do. So that allows nations to have that common ethical foundation where all the machines are aligned with a certain value of the ethical AI brain and then move on. And it allows nations to control their future of ethical AI and human machine futures. It allows them to shepherd the construction. This is about nations and organizations having control for the first time, to having choice for the first time, to having uh, uh, freedom to direct their destiny with artificial intelligence based on ethics for the very first time. And there is no transparent measures out there at the moment, Mike. We need transparency. So for example, if I create one artificial intelligence that people are using things like responsible AI and trustworthy AI, which our model caters for, but that's only a simple aspect. It's not holistic and it won't last very long. But if we have one organization developing, say, responsible AI and another one, right? And they're doing the same thing, but how the brain has been constructed is very, very different. The ethics will vary very, very differently. One company might have 25% ESG scoring. Another one might be zero. Another one might have 50% agency of the data sets. The other one might be zero. So we need transparency on the development of ethical AI. If we're to follow what the universe has created through human intelligence, and it'd be stupid not to do that. Um, so really, this is about freedom, it's about transparency, it's about civilizations for the very first time being able to create a foundation based on their constitutions and to move forward based on their values, their ethics in these human machine futures. And one of the last points I'll mention, Mike, is that as uh, different civilizations do this, define their human machine uh, partnership, define their constitution for AI, start to define what the ethical AI digital brain is. When there's alignment, we can start to see cross-border uh, cooperation between nations, at which point then the ethical AI digital brain is operating amongst many civilizations, at which point then you can solve huge multi-civilization issues maybe around transportation, maybe around uh, things like environment, maybe around pandemic resilience. There's all sorts of opportunities, but this is the challenge. This is the challenge. Civilizations have to get real for the potential of artificial intelligence and get real that they, if they do not do this and have an AI constitution and start to create a common foundation for their civilizations, they are heading for catastrophe. So what, what nations are leaning in on this, uh, Matthew? So the EU has started, uh, the European Union for everybody, mm -hmm. and they've still got a long way to go, right? But they are the number one, if you like, multi-civilization region that are saying, this is a stake in the ground. Okay, so the European Union, right? Mm -hmm. um, what we're starting to see is uh, people like China, and, and China have their own cultures and values, and we must understand that that's China's choice, right? We shouldn't force anything. What I believe is democracy does really well, it will naturally become a phenomenon throughout the world. As we start to see AI doing well for civilizations and at the individual level and the cultural level, then I think it'll be adopted around the world. So the US has a huge opportunity for real leadership. 
Um, when we look at developing nations like Africa, I think one of the things that troubles me is that they got lost, left behind in the industrial revolution. They didn't really reap the benefits. And so one of the troubling things is if we see uh, the exportation of artificial intelligence to African communities that are based on non-constitutional values, should we say, from certain places in California, then we're starting to see uh, Western civilization uh, 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 values in African communities and deletion of their culture. So what we want is an Ubuntu AI experience in Africa, right? We want Africa and South Africa in particular and other countries to develop their own future with artificial intelligence that honors their cultures and traditions. So, um, you know, th this is a huge conversation and there's very few people in the world that really understand this. So, so the methodology is, is quite extensible then. It really, it allows the definition of those cultures and value data points yes. for lack of a better term. So it, it's not a yes. one, you know, it's not a superimposing of one society's cultures and values on another's. It gives you a framework to allow those cultures and those values to be symbiotic across the globe? Yes, absolutely. That's exactly right. I mean, one of the things that uh, I'm sure you agree uh, is that sovereignty uh, is, is an important human right. And we, sh we should maintain that within the age of machines. Um, we don't want our humanity to, th to, to be deleted. We don't want our culture to be deleted, Mike. We want our cultures to be supported in the age of machines. And the same goes to spiritual traditions, Mike. Half the world has some form of spiritual belief system. And what we don't want is these uh, 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 philosophies, the, the, the spiritual beliefs to be deleted, right? We don't want that, that'd be stupid. So one of the things I write about and, and, and have proposed uh, I've written a blog on this, is that each spiritual tradition, whether it's Buddhism or whether it's Christianity or whether it's uh, Hinduism or whether it's Islam, it doesn't really matter what it is, um, should start to define their constitution for the age of machines and start to define the ethics and values that will honour their beliefs into the age of machines. If we don't do this, we're going to lose a huge amount of human choice. I'm, I'm having this... this brain fart, if you will. I'm a very, <laughs> I'm a very technical guy, right? Um, uh, it's embracing those cultures, but also enabling them to evolve themselves, right? Absolutely. You know, our cultures have been evolving. We need to continue to evolve our cultures. I love this. Yeah, ab yeah. absolutely. So, so we, as I showed earlier in this time here, is that um, culture is an expression of human intelligence and human consciousness. And we have this universal force mic flowing through us called the universal law of expansion. As the universe expands, our humanity naturally has to follow that law and we expand. So you're absolutely right. We need to understand that humanity is still going to expand, right? And one of my goals is for the whole of civilization, the whole of humanity to move beyond the survival uh, mode into the thriving and flourishing mode, thanks to artificial intelligence, where we start to look at self-actualization societies, Mike, where we start to explore more of our humanity, Mike, and have more freedoms to understand what is the destiny of humanity? Who am I? How do I want to self-actualize and grow as a human individual?
Oh, beautiful. I love that. So there we are, Buckminster Fuller. Everybody loves him. We need a new model for our world. There we are. There we go. <laughs> so we got a couple of ideas then for next stop. So yeah, where do the people that are listening to us, where do they get started? Yeah, that's a great that, 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 that's a great question. So um, what your company is doing, Great Data Minds, working with businesses on getting their data right. Uh, moving to analytics and then obviously transitioning to artificial intelligence is the right strategy for any business. But really, we need to start at education and training, Mike. We need to uh, uh, start looking at uh, uh, supporting the C-suite. You know, they're under a lot of pressure, right, to do all sorts of different things. Working with the C-suites to start to develop their human machine futures. What does their business look like in the future of machines? How is AI this new worker? How does it support jobs? Uh, to, to be more efficient within the company? How does it give their customers better value? Um, for, for other organizations that might be in social impact or in uh, 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 doing good uh, uh, organizations, then looking at solving social problems is going to be really important how AI can do this. So education and training is absolutely number one. And one of the things that I always propose is, is organizations create a task force to actually start to design their human machine futures, Mike, start to define their constitution for the future and then start to incubate AI technologies and developing use cases, Mike. Uh, you know, they, going back to the, the, the pressure that you said the C-suite is under, uh, one of the, I think it was in two, 2021, I believe it was, CIO Summit, or CEO summit rather, and a key consensus that came out of that CEO summit, and this was you know world uh, global organizations, if you will, so it didn't represent just the states, was we have to focus on our stakeholders, not our stockholders, our stakeholders, which was the beginning messaging of the whole ESG movement. Yeah. So I love that. Um, uh, but please. I digress. <laughs> no, that's fine. That's fine. Well, well, we, can, we can start to open up to the audience, but I think there's a, one, one last point that I know you're passionate about, which is looking at AI models and the quality of the mm -hmm. AI models. Yep. I mean, do you want to explore that together for a minute or two and then yeah. go to the audience? Yeah, well, absolutely. Yeah, because, you know, a big push now, you know, we've been pushing our, our, our companies to really take a lean approach to things, and that includes embracing the, the data ops manifesto, which is a, a manifestation of the, the DevOps manifesto. And then beyond that, when you're getting the machine learning, you have to extend your data ops mindset and principles um, to extend to all the, the last mile work we have to do around feeding machine learning models and making sure that we're detecting drift and now detecting ethical uh, deviations from what our constitution right. said. Yeah. Right. And this isn't like you just do it in tests. It has to be running continuously to alert us. Yeah, the, these are the, this is one aspect of the ethical AI, AI digital brain is model quality from the source, i.e. where did you get the model from and what's its quality? Mm -hmm. And to your point, uh, uh, Mike, is how is the ethical quality of the model improving or decreasing as it's starting to learn before it's deployed? And that's a good point because 
these AI models can become unethical very quickly. And their purpose is to influence a change in behavior overall, right? Behavior, right. And behavior is going to change at some point. So the model is going to become, its efficacy is going to you know, go, go in the ditch. So, um, we do have one observation and I, I'm, I, it's, it's a long one. Um, Matthew, but I want to read it because it really it touches uh, touches home. Uh, it's from Carolyn Ford. Um, where did my chat box go? Come on. Uh, oh, that's a long one. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Um, the gist of it, though, is it, I think the, her, her point is this is a really, really virtuous, um, full of virtuosity, right? To, to carry this forward, how do we even get some of some of the nations to even start to move the needle, especially the states, right? Yeah. So, um, so this is a this is a very important question. The question is, how do we make this a reality? Mm -hmm. It's a very very good question, and it also goes to the troubling um, concern um, that's being raised, which is most of the US feels disempowered with defining their AI futures. And, and that's a real concern. And it goes to the point earlier is that we, we need to enter into the age of trust, Mike, and we're in the age of untrust. Yeah, yeah. We're in the age of uninclusion. And that isn't what the Constitution's all about. So words of encouragement. This is how you change the world and make it reality. You select very carefully the partners that have global influence who have bought into this that will pilot it because it needs to be piloted and then scale it that's how you change the world and that's what we're doing so the you know we're working very closely with computing and ai giant that actually aligns very strongly with this and we're, we're doing r d together so it's about partner choice it's working with those that will listen and have influence. Now, I've done this once before, and this has happened once before, where we changed the telecommunications industry. These are words of encouragement in the thing called the Internet of Things. And I was part of a group, and there was other organizations doing this, that had developed a new wireless technology that hit the bottom line of the telcos. And it hit the bottom line so hard that they had to rush through new standards in 3GPP, world record 18 months in order to start to compete in this market so what we also do is start to create new value that literally gets these other companies paying attention and so, so that's how you do it um is there a battle yeah there is a battle it's a battle for our sovereignty it's a battle for our planet it's a battle for our environment it's a battle for uh liberation and freedom and a platform for future generations to continue moving on as a human species and evolving. It's a battle, there's no doubt about that. Yeah, and it, we're doing it. <laughs> yeah, we are doing it. And, and it, it, it is gonna be hard, right? Um, but imagine, if you will, the desolation if we don't make a move and make the move now and get the ground swell going, right? That, 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 I mean, that is the point. Um, there's no point in, uh, I'm all about solutions. I'm all about uh, empowering people to create solutions. You know, people can stay under their broom cupboards and kind of complain and be in their uh, communities and complain. 
That's great, but that doesn't change the world. What we have to do is create solutions that will change our world. And that's what this will do. I am looking forward to being part of that, right? And everyone's invited, Mike. Everyone's invited. (laughs) This is an inclusive momentum. (laughs) It should be, absolutely. Brilliant. Matthew, amazing stuff. I I walk away just exhilarating. Um, um, All ready to change the world. And I, (laughs) I have my dialogue with you, sir. Fantastic. Yeah, well, this great. is awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing your brain trust with us today. This is, it's it's wonderful to like, you get so caught up in kind of the day-to-day things, you know, sometimes it takes um, a different perspective to bring you out and help you look from the top down at not only the importance of this, but not just complaining about the problem, but formulating an actual solution that mm-hmm. that can really be applied and can be scalable so this is this is fantastic thank you so much and thank you to everybody who has um joined us and stayed with us the whole time if you want to take a look at some more of the amazing work that matthew is doing i'm going to drop a link into the chat right now this is aiethics.world uh forward slash the dash book um this is where you can get your copy of the book that uh matthew's referenced and and thank you everybody so much for joining us today there it is right there yeah, yeah. Well, thanks for being here. Thanks for being here. Yeah. And keep, keep up the great work at Data Minds because you're helping people to actually get into these human machine futures, which is quite extraordinary, really. We're passionate about Thank it, you sir. so much. Thank you. Thanks, everybody. Have a wonderful namaste. day. Yeah, namaste, everybody. Thank you very namaste. much. Bye bye. Thank you. Bye.